0: Welcome to the Creativity and Soul podcast. My name is Jade and I'm an art therapist, healer, and creative coach. My job is to help women heal and expand into a life that is creative, authentic, and fully embodied. In this space, we explore the powerful intersections between art and psychology, creativity and mental health, and between our humanness and the soul. You ready? Let's dive right in. Oh, hello and welcome back to the podcast so today what i have for you fresh off the press is really just an excerpt from the trauma healing workshop that i hosted this morning so it's not really a just actually um the trauma healing workshop this is actually the second run um of the same masterclass webinar that i did And it ended up being two hours. It was supposed to be an hour and a half and it ran for a little over two hours. So it was really jam packed. It was so full of value. Those of you who came, I know that you were just... Um, blow it away and your eyes are really opened to a lot of the perspectives and the tools and the frameworks that I brought in because you know the way I work with trauma and healing with my clients and the way that I believe um, healing should really be not that there is a should but the way that I really believe sustainable transformational long-term effective healing really stems from is healing from a mind body soul perspective framework. So, um, you know, in this workshop I shared with, um, all of you guys who came and those of you who are registered by the way, um, I'm going to be leaving the link to get the replay, um, in the show notes below. So if you, you know, miss the event, if you are not on my, if you're not on my email list and you want to learn about this, you really want to really get those two hours of champ information that honestly you are going to take with you for the rest of your life. There are tools and practices in there. If you want access to this, it is available to the public. Um, I want this to be you know, I want these resources to be available for people. Um, Yeah, so check out the show notes to get access to the replay. But for today, I am going to be sharing with you around 20 minutes of um, a certain chunk of the workshop today. And I picked this chunk because I feel like the topic that I touch on here, the point that I touch on, is something that I see really see is really prevalent in the world around me in the people around me and what my clients bring to me and the feeling that they have when they come in and do this work. Um, And, you know, it's something that I also really struggled with for a long time. And I really see it as the ultimate energetic route as to why we are feeling I don't know why, why we are so down and and broken and disconnected as a society and within ourselves as a culture, as we're just in a world that just feels very, very disconnected. So anyway, this chunk, this little excerpt that you're about to hear is um, about the issue, the problem of disconnection that I see in the world around us and Uh, how you can begin to start solving that issue. How can you begin to do that for yourself? And also, of course, I touch on the different ways that I also work with my clients one-on-one and in groups to heal that disconnection, to repair that disconnection. So... I am so excited for you to listen to this. I really hope it lands with you. Um, let me know how you know, what you think, let me know your thoughts. I love feedback, I love to hear from you guys about you know, new insights and in your perspective on, on, on everything that I talk about. So without further ado, um, yeah, here's here the little part of the workshop that we, that, that we did today, enjoy there is a range and a spectrum to the way we can define trauma in a sense. there's small T trauma. There's big T trauma. There's a whole range of it. Right. I, I also would say that there's there's middle T trauma too. And this definition of trauma is your own, right? What you experience, what your perception of an event that you perceived as traumatic, you are the one who gets to call your trauma small T or big T or whatever you want to label it. Um, but I'm going to give a few examples of what, you know, small T trauma can look like and what big T trauma can look like, because I just want to address the range. And so small T trauma can look like not having enough skin on skin contact with your caregiver when you were a baby. So it can be something that you don't even remember, right? Something from really, really early infancy, but not having skin on skin contact Gabor Mate has done a lot of research around this. Is traumatic for a child because it's a basic need that is not being met, and your body gets overwhelmed. Right? It can look like um, being reprimanded for not getting an A when you were in school by your parents, being embarrassed in a classroom, getting bullied in school, right? Maybe um, losing a parent when you were out on the street in the supermarket on the metro. And then with big T trauma, right, It of course, will look like it can look like violence, sexual assault, rape, war, severe injury, severe illnesses, um, witnessing death when you were a child, someone dying in front of you. Big T, small T, right. And then I would also say that um, beyond that, there's also, people don't talk about this enough, and I really want to bring this into the discourse, is that collective trauma is really important to note too. Right? Collective trauma will look like trauma that a pop certain population has experienced due to, let's say, their race, their ethnicity, gender, systemic trauma that you don't see, that is not very obviously conscious, but that we carry in our everyday life. And also, um, kind of, I would—I don't know if you say like beyond this or underneath all of this—is ancestral trauma, right? Generational trauma. There's so much research now done in epigenetics that tells us that trauma, the effects of trauma in our bodies, when not processed, actually marks our DNA. It actually makes a mark. Like think of it like literally like a knife making a mark on our DNA. And what it does is that it activates or suppresses certain genes, right? And when your parents or your grandparents, your great grandparents have experienced trauma, whether that be you know famine, World War II, World War One, um, you know my my ancestors were in China. They experienced you know the, like all the wars in China, the famine, the strife right? The cultural revolution, all of that stuff. All of that gets stored in your body, marks in your DNA. And when you have kids, it's passed down through your DNA to your kids and then their kids and then their kids when it's not processed. So trauma is really important. And trauma really is something that you know now there's more and more research being done about it and the discourse is getting bigger and bigger about it um and yeah it's just so important to be educated about the way we carry trauma and understanding also that other people's experience of trauma others experience other people's experience of small t big t systemic cultural generational you know later I also talk about like past life trauma a little bit All of that, everyone carries a different, unique blueprint, right? Just in their background. Um, Let me know how this is landing at any point. Okay, how is that landing? I hope that makes sense. Okay, Um, okay. so the framework that I talk about and that I use with my clients, um, it's a three-pillar framework. So I'm just going to go through... Uh, what these are really briefly, and then we'll go into the pillars as the presentation goes on. All right, so um, I see these three pillars, the somatic, the energetic, and the mental, as pillars as opposed to, you know, steps or um, or a flow because they are equally important and we work on them in tandem. And they pretty much like think of it as like you know three pillars holding up the foundation of healing um yeah so somatic somatic is a word for body based somatic soma means the body so somatic is when we talk about healing and the intelligence of the body so again we'll get into this a little bit more later um but you know the memory of trauma is stored in the body okay so therefore when we heal we have to heal through the body energetic Okay. So energetic, everything is made of energy. This is a huge, like fundamental piece that I constantly like reiterate, everything is made of energy, right? So everything is made of, first of all, atoms, right? Subatomically, everything is made of atoms. So whether that be me, like my skin, my, uh, my organs, my heart, my blood, my breath, right? That is all made of atoms, as well as, you know, my glass of water. Everything that is animate and inanimate is made of atoms, made of particles. Things that are animate are made of cells, right? All built up in a framework. And so everything is, again, made of energy. Everything is energetic. That includes our thoughts, that includes um, our emotions, that includes our feelings. Everything is energetic. Everything is energy. And so when I talk about energetic here as a pillar, we are also talking about emotions. Okay. So I'm kind of grouping emotions under energetic, just to know. All right. Mental. The mental pillar. Our brains drive our actions, our decisions, our thinking, the way we relate to everything, to people to, um, to our environment, to the world, whether that be consciously or subconsciously. And all of us carry social, cultural, systemic programming that we've learned and adopted through life, through childhood, through adulthood, through life. And some of it is helpful, right? Um, and some of it is not. And part of the healing work is dismantling those programs dismantling those narratives and stories that you've learned that you know may have served us as protection at some point as a kid let's say but perhaps as an adult it no longer does so how do you dismantle those things how do you heal on a mental level okay so something that I see very commonly with my clients coming in And also just in the people around me and what I've perceived, yeah, of just of like friends and family and of, yeah, just people around me. And also, to be honest, myself in the past, like I mentioned, right, I used to be really disconnected. And when I talk about disconnection, I mean, you know, disconnection from the world, feeling literally feeling disconnected from your environment, feeling disconnected from other people, but also feeling disconnected from your body, feeling numb dissociated, um, feeling disconnected from your sense of self, your identity, feeling disconnected from your voice, your opinion, your expression, feeling disconnected from your pleasure, from, um, from the feeling of happiness, disconnected from your intuition, disconnected from your inner wisdom, right? And disconnection, what it does is that it causes us to feel often defensive because when we're disconnected, we feel like we have to fend for ourselves, right? We feel like we have to protect ourselves. We have to kind of hold up a wall. So when we are disconnected, usually we are in a state of defensiveness and that will cause us to, um, you know, it it plays out in many ways. It can cause us to be excessively as a compensatory compensatory mechanism it can cause us to become excessively reliant to become really anxious or it can cause us to feel to be really really avoidant to feel really fearful of things to get really contracted just either in situations or in our day-to-day life this feeling of like too much too much right so um You know, what I'll say here is that I believe that the feeling of disconnection of like prevalent chronic disconnection that I think, um, the world kind of is in number one is because we are all holding trauma. Like we said, whether that be micro trauma or macro trauma and trauma dysregulates our nervous system. Which is the part of is a system in our body that basically controls our entire well being. It controls the healthy function of our organs, our cells. It controls the you know how well we sleep. It controls um, the way our blood circulates. It controls it controls everything about how our bodies healthily function. Okay, so when your nervous system, when when this control center for health is dysregulated, your brain will go into survival mode and all it's thinking about when you are dysregulated when you are stressed when you are in a traumatic response is thinking all all it's doing is thinking about keeping you running keeping you alert keeping you vigilant keeping you kind of like um like almost like on fire and when you are dysregulated when you are stressed your brain and body has to disconnect on some level, on some fronts, in order to be alert and vigilant, in order to kind of um, like narrow your vision field so that you can like like, run from a tiger, right? So you can fend for yourself, so that you can go to war, so that you can um, face confrontation. So this connection happens on that front, right? But beyond the trauma imprint, We're also, I believe, living in the society that really rewards hustling and grinding and overgiving and pushing ourselves super hard, super, super hard to receive gratification. Um, Many of us, you know, are spend our day to day hunched over a computer all day. Right? We're addicted to our phones, we're addicted to our emails. We're addicted to the rush of dopamine that we get from like the pings on our text messages, on WhatsApp, on on social media, right? We're just overstimulated all the time, and you know we're getting and this stimulation. What is happening and what I see is that the stimulation is pretty much feeding into that chemical reaction. Like I said, that dopamine rush that allows us to feel validated. By engaging in this overstimulation. Does that make sense? I feel like I'm repeating myself, but um, yeah, we're just, we're over-reliant on the stimulation that we get on external sources, right? And we are in this culture where we don't, I feel like more and more, we're talking about this, but we don't believe in the importance of self-care, Or And we're in this culture of feeling like we have no time, no time, no time for anything. And I'm, you know, I live in Hong Kong. So this is especially like, it's very, very prevalent in my world. Um, And I see it play out this kind of chronic stress response in the culture, in my friends and my family. And I see the way it affects their health, their mental health, physical health. And in a way, I I wouldn't call this trauma, but the effects of stress um, on the body, on the nervous system adds to the trauma imprint that we already carry. So, you know, all of this is creating a chronic stress response, like I said, like a chronic, chronic, multi-layered stress response. And of course, that's going to make you feel disconnected, right? Because you are Over reliant on your phone, (laughs) you are over reliant on external validation, and you are just already in a protective, defensive mode. The armor that you wear based off of your trauma and what you're already carrying inside. So, I want to get a little deeper into the nervous system here, right? What is the problem? When we are stressed, like I said, um, when we are stressed, dysregulated, or we experience trauma, our body will go into a fight, flight, freeze response. That is our nervous system. Like I mentioned the nervous system just now, your brain, your amygdala in your brain, send a signal down through the vagus nerve, right down through your nervous system and tells your body to go into a survival instinct response. And, um, there are four, I mean, I won't get into this too much because it is like a, it's a, it's a very like scientific long thing, but there are four responses that your body can go into depending on the situation, depending on just your own, um, your own unique blueprint. There's the flight, there's the fight, there's the freeze, and there's the fawn. But in all of those responses, what your body will do is produce a whole host of stress chemicals, a whole host of them. Your body will flood itself with these stress hormones to allow you to run faster, to allow your vision to kind of narrow in, right? To allow your blood to rush to your legs so that you can run. Did I already say that? Um, And, you know, that will be cortisol, adrenaline, epinephrine, norepinephrine. These are all very like jargony words, but just so you know, and what these chemicals do, right. Is like I said, it, it, it causes you to go into survival mode, causes you to contract. It causes you to get ready. Right. So back in the day in the desert, um, let's say, or in the wild, this helped us run from a tiger. This helped us run from a lion run from danger, but you know, the stress that you are experiencing from your boss at work, or the stress that you are experiencing from deadlines in school, or the stress that you were experiencing, um, that you might not even be aware of via the constant pings from your emails and your WhatsApp is putting you into this mode unintentionally. Right. And the means that your body is just constantly running on these stress hormones and it's just holding all of this stuff. Right. And we're not being taught, educated how, on how to process, process these stress hormones, process and release them. And so we're holding it all. Um, but I'll also say here, of course, is that, you know, our nervous system and our stress response is an incredible mechanism that our bodies have, but it is, you know, and it can be useful, right. Even in our modern day, When we do experience, let's say like big T trauma, it does help us to survive. It helps us get through, right? But in general, we are just in an excess of it. Um what else did I want to say here? Uh yeah, trauma is stored in your body, right? Like I said already, trauma causes when trauma, when trauma, when you experience trauma your memory of the event, your experience of it in that moment, because of the overwhelming amount of emotion that it is attached to, it will, that memory of the event will fragment, literally fragment into incoherent bits, right? And that's why with trauma, let's say, many of us will not actually remember a lot of, well, I'll speak for myself. There are periods of my life in school, I would say like in middle school, and even I would say in college, when I was in a chronic st- like trauma response without realizing it, there are periods of my life that are pretty much, I wouldn't say blacked out, but I remember very little of it. And, and this is not, and you know, these periods are not memories, you know, these periods are not periods from young childhood, right? These are periods from, you know, like seven years ago, and I can't remember them. Why? It's because the memory of trauma, the memory of your experience during a trauma response, is not coherent. It's fragmented. You have bits of just imagine if you can just imagine trauma as like a ball. your experience of trauma as a ball that you experience in your body. When you experience it, it just splits. it goes in, some of it goes into your mind, some of it goes into your body. And it gets actually stored. Right. The stuff that the, the memory of it that does get stored in your body, it gets stored literally in your soft tissue, in your fascia, and in your muscles, in your musculature. It is very much stored in your cells. Right. Unless you, unless you complete the trauma cycle. And this armor, right. This tissue, th- this trauma in your tissue, this trauma in your muscle, everything that you, experience it becomes almost like an armor that you wear an armor of like toxic waste that you are just holding on your body holding in your body because your brain and your body believes that you are in constant danger that it needs to be constantly protecting you and of course over time this armor this 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 trauma armor gets heavier and heavier right as more things occur in your life more stressors, more trauma occur in your life. Gets heavier, gets heavier, more and more imprints into your cells, into your DNA, into your tissue. And you see it manifest in chronic illness, chronic disorders, both physical and mental. A lot of it is traced, can be traced back to trauma and our experience of trauma. So, a lot of people's, um, you know, what I see really often is with my clients is gut problems, very, very, very much often tied to trauma, fibro, fibromyalgia, tied to trauma, um, a lot of depression, ADHD, tied to trauma, migraines, fatigue, aches. Um, a lot of immunodeficiency orders are also tied to trauma. It's crazy. It is crazy. And the you know over the past few years, like the more research that I've done for myself on this and learned about this, it is just mind blowing. It is mind blowing. The effect that trauma has on the mind, the body, and the soul. And this is the thing. Like yeah, like I said, like most of us are not aware of this. We're not taught about this in school. So you know we're not taught about not only what trauma is, but we're not taught about how we can actually release this armor, right? And it makes us disconnected, unhappy, and sick. All right, I feel like I've been talking a very long time. I'm gonna take a sip of water. I'm gonna invite you guys to take a sip of water. All right, So the solution right to disconnection I would say is to create connection obviously intentionally and you know this is what we do in the somatic pillar connecting your body back to your brain and the modalities that I use um I've kind of listed here and these are modalities that I use my clients but I but some I also encourage my clients to do by themselves and you know you can take what Um, yeah, you can take what resonates with you, with you out of this presentation and bring it into your life, maybe even tonight. Right. But first of all, nervous system regulation and expansion. We've talked about how trauma affects the nervous system, right? So how do you regulate your nervous system? How do you expand it? How do you soothe yourself? And when I talk about expand, I mean, being able to tolerate more more in your life, to be, to, be, to be able to tolerate things in your life without becoming too aroused or too triggered, right? Without it becoming something that activates your stress response or a trauma response. Body-based trauma release is really helpful for creating connection, right? Somatic breath work, somatic therapy, somatic exercises. I share a lot of different somatic exercises and flows on my Instagram. So definitely check those out. It's a great way of just connecting your body back to your brain, um, body work as well. And emotional release is a big part of, is a big part of body-based trauma release. Emotional release can just look like, um, let's say like releasing anger, right? it could look like yelling into a pillow even right doing it in your own safety obviously but allowing emotions that bubble up instead of instead of like suppressing it or hiding from it or compartmentalizing it like a lot of us are taught to or that we feel like we need to because it's too much it's too scary lean into it and allow yourself to just feel those emotions when you feel those emotions that come up for whatever reason in your life when you allow yourself to feel into those emotions in that moment most of the time, they're actually not that scary. It's our conception of emotion that that makes it feel scary sometimes. I hope that makes sense. Um, okay. Mindfulness and meditation, right? Somatic meditation, practicing mindfulness. It connects. Mindfulness essentially engages your it engages your body and your mind with your present environment. That's a form of connection that you're making too. Right. Um, and with mindfulness and meditation, it also helps with connecting with your inner voice, right? It helps with connecting with your consciousness. That's a connection that you're making. Just make connections where you can. And embodiment the last part, um, embodiment is kind of a big word. It is, um, define, I would define it as the intentional knowing and consciousness of being and living in your body. And so practicing embodiment is a big thing that I do with clients and it helps us connect to the way that we hold ourselves every day, right? Whether that be our posture, our responses, our habits, our sensations, our lifestyle, how are we holding ourselves in a way that feels connected and that feels engaged? All right, if you enjoyed that and you want to get access and really watch and absorb all two hours of the jam-packed workshop that you just heard a little excerpt of, definitely um, check out the link in the show notes below, Uh, send in your email, and I will send you a direct link to the entire video, the replay. I am so excited for you to dive in. I'm also going to mention here that Creative Healing One-on-One, the mentorship, is open for applications. This is my very sacred six-month mentorship program where we do the deep trauma healing work. It is integrated modality. It is, like I said, six months of live calls, live support from me. So it's four months of 16